Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. We are back here with episode 18. I am your host, Kyle Creasy, and today I'm joined by my friend, Andrew Davis. Andrew, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we just wanted to have an episode to kind of update you guys on some things. We want to talk some summer league. Just want to talk about kind of who's impressed us, maybe who we wish we could have seen some more out of to this point. Obviously, there's they still got some time left before, some, before summer league is over, but still um, just wanted to discuss maybe some guys who are and aren't playing that maybe should or shouldn't be. And then we kind of want to talk about Katie and Kyrie a little bit. I mean, I know you see it everywhere, but it's it's an ongoing thing, and it's it's two huge dominoes to the NBA world. So I think it's worth talking about as much as we have to this point. Um, you know, but going straight into summer league, um, I, I try my best not to overreact to a lot of these things, whether it's in a good or bad way. But it's hard. You know, I think you can probably agree. Like, you just you want to like see a player do well, or maybe if they don't do well, and, like, say, oh, yeah, that's going to translate, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like the best thing you can take out of it is just, like, approaches and, like, how aggressive they're being. And But, like, obviously they're going to face a lot better defenders than they are. And, you know, it's good seeing Chet get six blocks. But, <laughs> I mean, Embiid backs them down. It's not going to happen. So Yeah. And, like, I think for me, too, it's, like, I get so caught up in, like, the theory of a player because – I'm just throwing out an example here. I'm not saying it's like somebody, but like when I look at Trevor and Queen for the Sixers, I actually really like that pickup. But like I imagine him around like being able to be a role player around like James Harden and Joel B. Like I don't think of him just going out and getting a bucket in summer league right now, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's there's just a lot to it. Like and like I loved what I saw to Jaden Hardy in his first game, but now I'm just sitting here saying like, oh, like could he be like this good dynamic guard next to Luca? Like since Brunson's gone, like I just do too much of that. I feel like so I've always tried in the past when I'm watching summer league to just kind of take it with a grain of salt and just enjoy watching it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you get to see some players that like you know last year were rookies and you kind of see how far they've come and. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see. I was watching Keon, obviously, from Tennessee, and he actually had, like, a 21-point game first game back, so that was always fun to see. Yeah, um, it, you're right. It definitely is cool to see, like, second-year players. Like, you can tell that they've gotten so used to the NBA game at this point because they come in here and they, you're, like, convinced that they should be getting minutes somewhere just because of how easy it looks to them in summer league. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a product of the, you know, AAU circuit, like how close they make it to the NBA and kind of the play style. Yeah, yeah. They're just so used to it. And I, I feel like, especially for a guy like Chet, I mean, he played in a front court with Drew Timmy clogging up the paint. Like, now he's going to be with the floor space. He's going to be a lot better now. It's like, oh, yeah. I feel like it's almost easier for him to get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chet, Chet is definitely one of those guys that's really impressed me to this point in the summer league. Um, I just feel like what he's been able to show, the dribble specifically, has really impressed me. I mean, I was very high on him going into it, and I, I thought that his off-the-dribble creation would be something that could translate into this point. I think it's worked really well. I think he's shown how much of, like, he can be a defensive anchor, and I think to me the biggest thing is, like, bro, if Chet is being this kind of rim protector in the summer league right now at 195, well, what are we saying whenever he's, like, 215, 220? Because that day will come eventually. Yeah. 
And I mean, like it, it's like it's cra- He probably, I'd say, he unquestionably has the highest ceiling of anybody in the draft, and it's not really close. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, yeah, you know, I think some other guys, like like I mentioned, Jaden Hardy. He's only played one game, but he looked fantastic. And I, th- I think that we've gotten to a point. I know we're only two years into this G League Ignite thing, but I, I honestly think we've gotten to a point where. It's not the G League Ignite team is not getting enough respect, and I don't mean I don't mean top to bottom because on any given year they're probably only going to have a few guys that actually pan out in the NBA, but or at least from what we've seen right now. But no. but I guess my biggest thing is like we saw like people kind of criticized Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga last year going into the draft because they maybe had some struggles. But I think we underestimate that they're playing against professional basketball players in that year in the G League. And kind of like how what Jaden Hardy just went through, where, like, he got criticized because he wasn't very efficient. But, again, I just think we're underestimating how they're literally playing against professional basketball players for a year out of high school, whereas everybody else is playing against collegiate yeah. basketball players. You know? They just kind of, like, get forgotten. You know, we got to see a whole year of, you know, the top three play in college and, like, these G League guys, you kind of come in, they're like, you forget, like, how highly rated prospects they were. It's like you're almost – like, because you watch those guys play in college for a year, you're kind of almost cheering for them more than you would a guy you haven't watched. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, let's just face it. Like, although the G League Ignite might be a great route, it's never going to get the attention that college basketball will. And so, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you. Like, we're going to be way more invested into these players that are on – the big like TV channels and playing on front of everybody on ESPN and CBS and all this playing in the tournament, like just all things being completely honest, nobody, not your average person is not going to go look what the G league Ignite did against like the mad ants on any given night, you know, <laughs> the mad ants. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just part of it, man. Like, so you know, I feel like Hardy has chance to be a steal. Um, yeah. A lot of opportunity in Dallas with Brunson being gone. Uh, obviously, Hardaway is probably going to start. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, Hardy's going to have a hit roll off the bench in year one because of Brunson leaving. So, right. I think it's going to be fun to watch him. He's really impressed me. I know, it's, again, like I said, it's been one game. But still, just like the scoring ability he showed is something that a lot of people thought he was going to be able to do out of high school. And – and again, in the G League, he was inefficient, but maybe he was inefficient because he was playing better competition. Like, you just never know. Yeah. So, I would like to what I saw to him. Um, Jaden Ivey is another one. That yeah, I was about to say him. Yeah. For, for me, he just – he's a different pace than everybody yeah. else. Yeah. He looks like how Jaw looks. Like, he just looks different than everybody else. Yeah, and he – he did get hurt in their last game, but I don't think it's anything crazy. I think it was just like an ankle tweak, and they're just playing it safe, as they should. Yeah. And he absolutely killed it in his first game. And in his second game, he was on pace to have arguably a better game in his first game until he got hurt. But that that's the thing for me. You know, I, I could care less. I don't want to say I could care less. But, like, I'm not too focused on how Ivy is, like, on his stat line. For me, it's like he was controlling the game. Like, he yeah. was playing at such a fast pace that nobody could keep up with him. Like, that that's what impressed me the most with him. And I do think that here come next season, you're going to have a lot of – people are going to have a lot of fun watching him with Cade Cunningham, and that's going to be a special backcourt in the future. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I got three guys that have really impressed me. Yeah. Go so ahead. Give me first one. off, give me one. Yeah. J- so number one was Jalen Duran. I thought he had a really good first game. I mean, he just like we knew. He just looks like he's been in the NBA for a couple of years. He's got that that kind of body, that kind of athleticism. Okay. I mean, I think it was first game he caught like he had like eight points, four or four from the field on like all dunks, and he just makes makes it look so easy. You know what? You know what impressed me the most about him? Yeah. He he showed a few times where like he threw some really nice passes, and I was like, I didn't know he had that. Yeah. Like I feel like that's again kind of because of AAU. You know, you're playing. You know, you're really spacing the floor, and like even big men are like going out in transition and and making passes. So it's I feel like we're getting a lot of really skilled big men nowadays. I mean, look at Paolo; he's a great passer. Like I feel like it's becoming more commonplace now. So yeah, so so let's let's talk about Paolo for a second. Um, what have you, what have you liked out of him? I mean, he I just like he, he just seems to today they oh, yeah. actually shut him down for the summer league, so he's done. Yeah, I mean, he just seems like the game. Okay, first off, I gotta get out of the way. Like he has turned the ball over far too much. Yeah, I feel like yeah he's he's had the ball in his hands a little more than he obviously would when he's playing with Suggs and and uh, you know them. So that's he won't have as many turnovers, but he just he's shooting the ball better than I thought he would. And he just seems super confident. You know, he's getting to his spots, and he's not afraid to pull up. And he's, he, I mean, the play, did you, I don't know if you saw the game. I think it was against – might have been the Kings, but he had the game-saving block uh-huh. in, in overtime in the um, sudden death. I mean, that was – and that was right after he turned the ball over. So, turned the ball over and just gets, gets the ball back for him, a ridiculous block. So, I mean, he's just – both ends of the floor, he's been really solid. Yeah, I think – I think for me with Paolo, you know, you hit it on the nail. The turnovers have been a big issue, but I'm not too concerned about that. You know, you make a great point about how it's not like he's going to have some ridiculously high usage rate on this Magic. You know, like they've got some good guards that they have faith in and Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, and they're going to have the ball. Franz Wagner is going to have the ball. He had a really good rookie year. You know, Wendell Carter Jr. is going to get his touches. He's he's been a great big man. Like, it's not like Paolo is just going to have the ball the whole time of the game just because he was number one. Like, they've got a solid young core. And so I'm not too concerned about the turnovers. I think what's impressing me the most with Paolo and what I think he has a lot of potential to be is, like, you know, he really is just getting to his spots and kind of getting whatever he wants. He may not hit the look every time. He may make the wrong decision. But, like, he's showing the potential. Like, he can get wherever he wants and find something that he likes. So yeah. his handle's really good too for yeah. obviously being six ten and I mean imagine him as playing your five, you know, the closed games. Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous. He's he's going to be a mismatch with a lot of people uh at the four and five. Not I don't think he'll play a ton of five, but just the fact that like switching people onto him because I'm oh, yeah. in quite a bit of two man game of him and Wagner and him and Wendell Carter Jr. Right. But um, another guy for me that I've liked, what I've seen is I feel like it was inevitable that we bring him up is Keegan Murray. Uh, he's been sensational. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I liked I liked the fit when he got drafted there. Didn't know if it'd pan out or not, but I actually thought it was like a good pick. You know, I, I was definitely in the minority of the sense that I tried to say on the pod that I didn't fault them too much for picking him over Jaden Ivey. And I love Jaden Ivey. He was definitely my fourth best prospect mm-hmm. in, the, in the class. 
But I just think Keegan Murray has a special skill set. And, like, especially with what this team has, I just think he complements it so well. And you're already seeing in the summer league so far his strengths and, like, he's really good at those strengths. It's not just like he – it's not just like he exceeds in some of these areas. No, he really exceeds in some of these areas. Yeah. I mean, he already hit that one clutch shot to send that one to overtime. I mean, off the steel, I mean, pump fake, sent two guys flying, just calmly knocks that thing down. That's that's cold. I've liked his confidence to shoot it from three. Yeah. He's, he definitely has it, – it's a little weird of a jump shot, but it's also not, like, ugly or anything. And yeah. he's really stepped into it confidently every time. And, I mean – you know, Tyrese Halliburton is probably one of my favorite players in the league right now. And I think people can say whatever they want. It, it, it really doesn't matter if you have an unorthodox jump shot or not. If you're good about getting your shot off and if you're confident when getting your shot off, that's really all that matters. Yeah. And Keegan Murray is definitely showing that right now. Yeah. Um, I got I got another guy that's kind of been a little under the radar. Um, Tari Eason. I, I, I really liked him at LSU. Just another, like, 6'8", long athletic guy, loves to get out and run. And, I mean, he's just another complimentary piece on that Rockets team that's just going to be a great defender, off-ball shooter. And it's just – I think he's a perfect fit, you know, alongside Jabari and the guards they've got. And actually kind of a secondary guy. I just thought of – but I think when they got Ty Ty Washington in the second round, that's such a steal. I mean, at minimum right now, he's going to be a solid guy off the bench and – I mean, he can be in your sixth man. He could be a, you know, kind of a two or three guard. I mean, I think he was picked 29th. Was he 29th? Okay, so almost. Very late. You're very late first round. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, him and him and Tari have looked really, really solid. Obviously, just more pieces you're going to get around, you know, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and Jabari. I mean, they all complement each other really well. Maybe this is crazy. Maybe it's not. I think it depends on the person, how they view it. I think there's more potential for Ty Ty Washington to be the feature point guard of that team than there is for Kevin Porter Jr. You're not – it's not – that's not crazy at all, dude. Like, yeah. Ty Ty is very collected. He knows what he wants to do on the court. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I just think that – I think Kevin Porter Jr., we've been, like, waiting and waiting. I, I, You just – at some point, you can't keep waiting. Right. You know, like – he shows flashes here and there, but at some point you just can't keep waiting. He's had his locker room issues. He's he's due for he's an ex, he's extension eligible going into this next season. I really don't think they'll give him one. Um, yeah. And if one's not worked out there, and he doesn't improve, which he's not really on track to right now, I just don't see where he really fits the future of the team. Yeah. Um, and then just glad you brought up Tari Eason. He's been really good. I actually think he probably ends up starting this year for the Rockets. Yeah, he very well could. He's he's got the NBA ready body and he's good defender already. Yeah, I think I think they kind of end up. I mean, I'm sure they roll with Kevin Porter Jr. this year, and then Jalen Green and uh, Jabari, and then I think Tari Eason and Shingun wrap out the starting five, whether yeah. it's the beginning of the year or if it just comes into fold as the season goes on. I, re- I really do think he ends up starting there. Yeah. I got one last guy for who's impressed me. And you know I had to throw a Lakers guy in there. But he's been crazy. Cole Swider, 6'9 guy. I think he's from Syracuse. But he's shooting 53% from three on eight attempts a game so far. I didn't know that. Dude, I, he's, he is, I, only, I think. I only watched like a tidbit of one Laker game, though. I haven't really watched it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the two games in the Vegas one, I think he went uh, three of seven from three in the first game, then five of eight last night. Jeez. And, yo, he's – I mean, and that six nine too, like, low-key, he, he probably could work his way into a Laker rotation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, we, now that, right now with that group, yeah. I mean – Yeah. I mean, hey, six nine wing shooting from three, I think he – I mean, could be a decent piece off the bench. But, I mean, yeah, I think it's – and we got a second round too. So, I mean, great steal. Lakers usually draft pretty well, so. Oh, yeah. They – that's definitely – I think that's one thing that kind of goes under the radar. And part of it is probably because they haven't really had their picks recently. Is like yeah. they always – Or the guys they've drafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like – like even if they don't pan out well for the Lakers, you see it on other teams. Like they at least know what they're picking whenever they do. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they – I will say they're a very good drafting team. Scotty Pippen Jr. has been solid too as a playmaker. He's really – like, I've been shocked whenever I see his stat line because I just – again, we've talked about it. It's summer league. Like, you never know. But I just didn't expect that. Like – Yeah. Like, a lot of people have really been raving about him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I could never stand him at Vanderbilt. But, I mean, he knows how to draw fouls. He could just get in the paint and make plays happen. He's doing really well. I mean, I mean, it's inevitable that some of those guys end up with contracts. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like – and, I mean, you know, we'll talk a little bit of Lakers whenever we get in this KD Kyrie thing. But, I mean, they're still just in a tough position right now. So, yeah, those guys should have a lot of opportunity that are playing on yep. this game right now. I, th- I think the last two for me, and, you know, I don't have to go into crazy detail about them or anything, but that I've really been impressed with are Blake Wesley um, out of Wake Forest playing at um, San Antonio. And I just – he's really impressed me, like, off the bounce. And, uh, you know, he was kind of a flyer pick. I think it was, like, 20 or 21 whenever they took him. And they really needed a two-guard. And maybe he's the guy. Like, you never know. And, I mean, he's an athletic guard that's really good off the bounce. I just – maybe he is the two-guard. So, I like that pick so far. It's looked well. And then uh, Benedict Matherin at Indiana. Yep. uh, He's just a bucket getter, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a bucket. And um, I think – I honestly think they're going to look back and be happy that they picked him there because that's what the team needed. Like, yeah. you know, they've got pieces. Like, Halliburton is awesome. Um, you know, they, they obviously just traded Brogdon. But, I mean, they got Duarte. He looks like a really good player or he could be a really good player. Um, you know, they love Isaiah Jackson. They love O'Shea Brissett. You know, those guys are going to be good. They love Jalen Smith. Like, they just needed a wing bucket getter, and they they got one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching him. He's just fun to watch. He's like – he really – there's no other way to put it. He's just an elite bucket getter. Yeah. Um, now, some guys that I wish I'd seen some more out of to this point. The first one, it's really not his fault. He got hurt, but Shaden Sharp. Like, yep. oh, we just had you sit out for the entire year. You were the biggest question of the draft. And then you get drafted, and we're like, okay, he's playing. And then he hurts his elbow, like, very quick in the game. And I'm just like, dude. Like, I saw him sit on the bench, and I'm like, there's no way he's hurt. Then there comes the reporter. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like – there's never been a bigger question mark going into the regular season ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, 
I just hate it because, like, he's already been ruled out for summer league. So I'm just like a dude that we have not seen play basically since high school. We will not see play until he plays his first NBA game in October. Yep. Oh, do you have anybody that you want to bring out? I mean, again, not, not we're not going to overreact, but obviously I think Jabari Smith's really struggled shooting the ball. Yeah, but, I mean, had him on my list too. And it's like yeah. he's really good defensively, but he like he's really struggled shooting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just – it's weird. I mean, great. he was a good shooter in college. It's just – I don't know. I feel like maybe he'll get hot and just make us look stupid, but he's really <laughs> has struggled so far. Yeah, and, I, you know, like you said, we're not going to overreact. I think he's going to be fine. But – to this point, I just wish I'd seen more. Yeah. Um, I think another guy, and I'm I was very critical of them even using the pick whenever they did, was uh, Johnny Davis to Washington. Yeah. He's just. It's not like it's been like Jabari's been like how we were just talking about Jabari. Jabari's been a good defender, and he's hit some good looks and stuff. Like Johnny Davis just hasn't even looked. I mean, I I think I told you in the chat, like, I am I was probably the lowest person in the country on Johnny Davis. I thought he was so overrated at Wisconsin. <laughs> like, I just – I could not understand people putting him, like, up there next to, like, Benedict Mathen. I mean, he averaged, like, 20 a game, but it was a ton of, like, free throws on, like, just drawn fouls. And he did – I think he shot, like, 16, 17 shots a game. So, it's like, he's not doing it very efficiently. And, I don't know, I just, I just never really looked at him and seen what he's done and been, like, super impressed. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't like a very good three point shooter in college either. Like Yeah. I, I always thought that the Wizards should have traded that pick. And I actually was listening to Woj dropped a podcast. Like I don't know if it was late last night or this morning, but on my way to work, I uh I listened to it and he had Malcolm Brogdon on. And Brogdon actually said on the podcast that he thought about a week before the draft that he was going to Washington. Like really, he was convinced because apparently what his agent was telling him and what his agent was being told that that tenth pick and something else was being traded and Brogdon was going to be a wizard. And I just, if they were that convinced that that was going to happen, I don't know how they didn't come through with that deal. Like you've yeah. got to make that happen. Because that'd have been a nice Wizards team. Yeah, yeah, that'd have been really nice if KP gets back to anything close to what he could. I yeah. mean, yeah. So like, I just. It's just disappointing for them because they that pick should have never been used. Because the thing about it is if Bradley Beal's there and if they're really, you know, I've been very vocal about it, they're not going to win anything. But if they're at least focused on winning something, I can't fault them for that. But if you're yeah. going to be focused on winning something, you've got to make the moves to do it. Like you can't use the 10th pick there to take a guy like Johnny Davis. Like yeah, I mean, you have to trade that pick and get a player who's going to help you win right now. Or just draft a better player. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I I do kind of feel bad for them because they knew they needed a point guard. But in this year's draft class, at that point, because I actually there really probably wasn't like a point guard that was like yeah. really really. And the next one was like you had a, a Baji that went a few picks later, and you had like Ty Ty go way later, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, so, I mean, they were in a tough spot to actually use the draft pick, so that's why I was all, like, they traded. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if you, don't, if, if you don't have a guy you're super excited about, then why not trade it? Exactly. Like, I, I just didn't didn't understand it, but I don't know. The, the next guy I wanted to bring up, 
I, unless I've missed something, I think he's only played one game. And it's really not his fault, but Mark Williams. And I only say this because they traded the, the rights to Jalen Duran to get Mark Williams because apparently he was their guy. And they got like a future Bucks pick in two years out of it. My thing is just like, how are you going to do that to base like let's just let's just say it how it is. They prioritized Mark Williams over Jalen Duran. Yep. And they didn't even start Mark Williams in their summer league game. That's just weird. Like what that makes zero. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who thinks Mark Williams has anywhere near close to a ceiling as Jalen Duran. Oh heck no. Not even close. Yeah. Like I didn't I, know they didn't start him. That's really weird. Yeah, so my, my thing my thing for the Hornets was I actually thought they were going to get Mark Williams at 13. And so I was like, you know, that's solid. They need a five-man. Like, at least they're going to get a big young guy that's athletic and could be a good lob man and maybe a good shot blocker. Well, then Duran fell all the way there. And I was like, no way. Like, Charlotte just got Jalen Duran. And then they traded him, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you just, <laughs> like, you just had, like, a top seven guy fall in your lap. And you just traded him for a guy that, I, yeah, I thought they were going to get. But you don't – oh, I just don't understand it, bro. It was a headache. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That, you know, I really don't have, like, a lot of guys – like, that's that's kind of unfair to him because it's not really anything to do with him. Yeah. But I guess for him it's just you have to show more to, like, justify them picking you at that point. Like, it's on the organization, it's not on him, but he's going to have to show more for that pick to be justified or for the, for the trade to be justified anyway. Um, you know, I, I just crossed his name, so I wanted to bring him up because I've been very impressed also. Forgot to bring him up is Jake LaRavia from Memphis. Yep. I think that dude's going to plug in and be awesome for Memphis immediately. Yeah. He's, his, his shooting stroke looks great. Like he look, he looks like he has a very good idea of what he's doing off the ball. I think he makes good reads, um, and then he's got a very high IQ on both ends as well. I think he fits in perfectly. Yeah, Memphis did really well this draft. Obviously, got the best point guard in the draft, Kenny Chandler. So, <laughs> but no, I mean I've, I've tried to tune in to watch Kennedy, and I just see Laravia really playing well. I'm like, dang. Oh yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, Memphis is gonna be really good, man. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, now, another thing about Summer League this year, just, you know, because why not, is they have rings now. <laughs> what do you think about them getting rings in Summer League? I mean, I, rings is a bit much. I would – a trophy, like, that's great. But I don't know. I, I guess it's cool for the guys that aren't – that are probably just – probably never going to make it to the league. And that's probably the, maybe the best they'll do. So, like, that's cool there. But, like, I mean, I, anything beyond a trophy for summer league is a little, a little much. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of – it's kind of the same way at first. Like, I was like, rings, like, come on, man. Like, but I guess somebody said it, and I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if I saw it on Twitter or if I heard, like, a segment or something. But, like, they just made the point of, you know, there's so many of these guys that will never actually get a crack in the NBA. Yeah. So it is really cool if they are able to win like a summer league championship. Like because yeah. that may be like that may be like the peak of their career. Like like without even trying to make it a joke. Like it may actually be like the oh, peak yeah. of their career. And so like it is a pretty cool thing. I actually do I actually do like it whenever I look at it from that perspective. Yeah. 
Plus, like, hopefully, like, if someone like OKC wins it, they'll, like, maybe in, like, here, like, six, seven, eight years, they'll, like, have the ring from Summer League and then a ring from NBA Championship, and that'd be really cool to, like, you know, compare. That would be cool. That would be cool. Because, yeah. yeah, Thunder and Rockets are making some juggernauts, so I think those two are. So, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the Rockets. Let's, let's just talk about this real quick. This is totally off script. But um, the Rockets – have their core of guys, which I think most people would agree they like. Jalen Green is going to be really good. I think a lot of people are very high on Jawari Smith. They like Tari. Right. I think most people are high on Shingo. You know, like that's the yeah. four. Um, yeah. What if I told you that uh, not next offseason, but the next, they have $80 million in cap space? What? $80 million? So I think it might be like 72 now because they signed Jay Sean Tate to a three-year deal. But, yeah, actually it is like 72 now. But, yeah, $72 million in cap space in two offseason. That's two max slots, man. Exactly. That's – I mean, that, that, I mean, that means that Jalen Green and Jabari need to ball out these next two years because if you can convince like a couple superstars that you got young stars in Jabari and Jalen, convince two guys to come, I mean, hey. LeBron and Bronny. <laughs> but not for real. Like, that is crazy because, I mean, especially if you get some, like, real superstars that Jabari and Jalen can learn from, I mean, that's going to – that'll be crazy. I think the thing about it is, like, Jabari would be going into year three at that point, and if he's looked really promising, you've got that. Jalen Green is going to be a star. Like, I don't think there's any doubting it. And yeah. he would be going into year four. Like, Shingun will be going into year four. Eason will be going into year three. Whoever they get next year, because, you know, let's just be real. Sorry, Rockets fans, if you're listening. Yeah. You guys are going to be right back in the lottery next year. Um, you know, whoever they get next year. Yeah. Like, like, they're going legitimately, to nice core to entice guys to come. Legitimately could be like the Clippers in 2020, but not having to give away everything for PG. Exactly, because they, like they would just have the cap space for it all. It, yeah, that could be – Ridiculous. I mean, two superstars, Jabari, Jalen, Ty Ty, and Tari, and Chen Jun, like, oh. Yeah, I when I, like, realized that, I was like, there's just, like, those weird, like, itches and excitement that you get for future stuff, and there's no point in getting excited for it because it's so long down the way. But I was like, okay, I'm going to start paying attention to Houston more because they have a legit shot <laughs> yeah. building an immediate contender here in two years. <laughs> like, so that's that's something to keep an eye on, man. I think Yeah, that's you know, uh shout out, shout out to Houston because not only do they have that, you know, let's just let's just take away that. Their core, the cap space in two years, they own every Brooklyn Nets pick for the next like five or six seasons. For the rights <laughs> to it at least. The rights yeah. to the summer swaps. So they're sitting back on a legitimate young core, a ton of cap space. And all kinds of assets because they own their own picks too. Yeah. I mean, we are looking at like a potential juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, dude, them and the Thunder are going to be battling it out for years, dude. Even if they don't get two superstars, they're still going to be going back and forth. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it too. Even if it's just cap space, like, like that could be role players. That could be. Have, yeah, a lot of really good role players. It also could be. You don't have to get rid of anyone that you draft because you've been able to have so much cap space that you can pay them all. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so that even once you do hit like the luxury tax, you're kind of barely going over it because you had so much cap space to begin with. Right. Like, maybe it's that. So, like, 
they're they're sitting pretty right now. Like they've got it made. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I think they they took a lot of heat and a lot of criticism whenever they ended up trading guys like Levert and uh, Allen for picks. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think you can go back and question it at this point. I think mm-hmm. I'd rather be in the situation they are right now opposed to having Karis Levert on my team. Like yeah. Jared Allen, maybe. Like, he's really good, really young. But at least it still looks great. Like, it's not like it's like, oh, they really missed out by trading Jared Allen. Like, yeah. Like, they're, they're got a very, very bright future ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, totally off script, but just wanted to bring it up. Um, and then who are some guys – first, we'll talk about guys that, that are not playing Summer League right now. Who are some guys that are not playing Summer League right now that you're like, okay, why are they not here? I mean, there's not really many. I just – I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, third and fourth year players that I'm obviously starting with a guy, THT. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys who aren't – that are probably summer league level of quality. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's way more guys I think shouldn't be in summer league than should. I would agree. I'll agree with yeah. you. Um, but, you know, some you know, you said it, THT. I think the bottom line is, like, He's still 21 years old. Like, yeah, I don't think it would have hurt to let him – like, he had a really bad year. So, I don't think it would have hurt to, like, get him in here. I guess the one argument you could maybe make is they're still trying with everything in them to, like, move his contract. And so, right. what if he goes into summer league and doesn't just kill? Like, then his value is even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not in a good spot right now anyway. So, like, I guess I do see that. Um. But I think two guys for me that they don't have a situation like that are one happens to be another Laker is Austin Reeves. And yeah, a good year. It's like, I don't see why he's above summer league right now. And then um, Jalen Johnson for Atlanta. Like, why is he not playing? Yeah. Like he didn't do anything this year. He didn't even play. Like he was a, he was a two way guy. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder if any of that is to just do with, like, I mean, the Lakers know, you know, Austin Reeves is going to be a role player for us. Like, I just wonder if they think that, like, I'd rather not just risk injury, you know, just let the young, like, the truly young guys and, you know, from the G League, whatever, play. Like, that's kind of my sense. I've always been a guy that's like, you know, it's it's really fun to watch, obviously, you know, Paolo and Chet and all them play, but, like, at the end of the day, you know they're going to be a cornerstone of your franchise for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Like, why are you yeah. risking anything? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I was kind of – I actually was surprised that Chet wasn't shut down after his first game. Yeah. but I, th- I mean, you don't need to see anything else. <laughs> I think part of it, though, is that, like, the Pistons are doing it too, where Cade Cunningham hasn't played yet. But, like, basically the Pistons' regular team is playing in summer league. And I guess it's just because the young guys are going to be playing so much with these guys anyway, and these guys aren't old, like how Josh Giddey's playing for the Thunder – so they're just like, why not let them get some reps right now? Like, yeah, I mean, like I remember, I think last year Maxi was playing summer league, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> this guy is not a summer league player. Well, Glenn should have been playing him more whenever he was. <laughs> so he shouldn't have been a. He only was a summer league guy because Glenn refused to play him whenever he was a rookie, and then in his second year, here he is putting up 18 a game, opening <laughs> up from three. And I, I don't like talking about Glenn. 
Um, <laughs> like, dude, like another thing. Like, Paul Reed played in, like, a game and just killed. And, like, Isaiah, yes. Isaiah Joe has been killing. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Those two, maybe they play and it doesn't work out. Like, Paul Reed played in the playoffs in, against the Heat, and it wasn't anything, like, crazy good or anything. But, like, maybe if Glenn gave those guys a chance in the regular season, maybe yeah. they could give you, like, eight to ten minutes of good basketball in the playoffs. And – yeah, like, Isaiah Joe. I mean, was Isaiah Joe was killing it last year. Even a bucket, and so it's like, why are you not putting him in? Like, why is Shake Milton playing still in 2022? Like, why is Birkin Korkmaz playing? Yeah, in 2022. Like, play a guy that has some potential, bro. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Know. And I thought Isaiah Joe would get reps last year because I watched him. Uh, in last year's summer league, he was actually he was making a lot of shots. He was playing pretty well, which brings me to another guy that probably should who is playing that maybe shouldn't just shouldn't even be playing in the G leagues. Jaden Springer, he cannot shoot for anything, dude. He's been he's legitimately been awful. You know, I thought he was going to be a really good player. I did too. Um, so I, I have been kind of shocked that like he goes like three of fourteen like most nights. Like I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, he's got crazy athleticism and like he's he's a good playmaker, but he just he can't shoot. He he doesn't look comfortable shooting. Like he doesn't get his shot off quickly. There's not a ton of like elevation. It's just like I don't know. He definitely does not fit the mold of like what most teams are looking for in a combo guard right now. Yeah. Now you know somebody who is fitting the mold of a combo guard that has been killing it and killed it last year, and for some reason his coach oh, can't oh. play him. I thought you were, when when you said that he played last year too. My guess went out the window. I thought you were going to say Jalen Williams. Oh, now who, by the way, yeah, both we, both of Jalen Williams have been great. We should have mentioned. So, in case you don't know enough, yes, the Thunder have two Jalen Williams. One is referred to as J Dub. That's the one from Santa Clara. J Will is the one from Arkansas. Yep. Now, we deserve J Dub. Don't get me wrong. J Will has been really good. J Dub deserves a shout out. He has been he does. incredible. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see him in certain lineups with the Thunder. Like, I want to see a lineup of uh, SGA, Giddy, Dort, uh, J-Dub, and Chet. I'm so excited. Like, I will I will yeah. watch the Thunder outside of the Clippers because you guys know I'm a Clippers fan. Outside of the Clippers, I will watch the Thunder as much as anybody next season. Like, I really will. I don't care if they lose, yeah. I don't care if they lose 50 games. Yeah. Like, I totally forgot to mention that because I remember I hadn't even heard of the guy when he got drafted. I was like, all right, whatever. And now he is – I mean, at 12, that's looking like a great pick. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost looking like – now, it's very early, but it's almost like how was he not like the eighth pick? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, like, he's been that good. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited to watch the Thunder. But the guy I was getting at is Cam Thomas. Yeah, he was summer league MVP last year. The Nets had so many issues last year, and Nash still wouldn't play him. And now he's killing it again in summer league. He's averaging like twenty nine, and you know, he's having assists. Like it's just so effortless to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and he actually got interviewed yesterday, and they were talking about how Steve Nash was saying that like. Yes, it's good he looks for his shot, but he needs to look for others as well. And he just, like, rolled his eyes and kind of laughed. And I was like, yeah, you can tell this dude's, like, fed up with <laughs> And he's only played for, like, a year under him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched that dude 
absolutely destroyed Tennessee when he was at LSU. And I was like, that dude is just, I mean, he's just a bucket. I mean, he averaged, I think, 24 at LSU. And I was like, you're right. He makes it look so effortless. It just looks like a natural scorer. Yeah, he, it's probably frustrating if you're in his shoes because he knows how capable he is. And he just had kind of had to ride the bench the whole year. Like, yeah. I, I just didn't understand him not playing last year. Hopefully we get to see him this year. I don't, I don't care if Katie and Kyrie are there or not. Like, play the man. Like, let yeah. him play. Like, yeah. Just don't get it. it gets, like, it's almost like Glenn-esque. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not doing that much better than Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah. So, I – I want Cam to get more opportunity. He's he definitely has a chance to be to be a really good scorer, like in some capacity. I'm not saying he scores 25 a game, but like the dude could easily come off a bench somewhere and score 15 for his entire career. 100. percent Yeah, could be. Dude, I mean, he he could be better than Tyler Hero, dude. Hero's a little inconsistent, but Cam Thomas, man. I like I don't see why I don't see why Cam Thomas couldn't be like the offensive player that Hero is. Like, yeah. You know, small tidbit about Hero here. They're starting to talk about extension stuff. That'll be interesting. I what, just – I don't know. This, I, this is completely off the dome. What, what's the highest dollar? Obviously, it's hard because you can't just lose him. But, like, yeah. what, what dollar amount would make you, like, really, like – what dollar amount would make you sit there and go, oh, I don't like this? Man, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I really feel like an elite role player, like, maybe – and I, I don't – I'm not hugely knowledgeable about contracts, but I feel like maybe 15, 20 million absolute maximum. And even 20, I'm like, I really don't know. You're getting up in the, like, kind of semi-star territory, and he's not a star. I think 20 would be okay. Um, you think 20 is okay? I wouldn't I, – I would not prefer to do that immediately. Yeah. But you also can't lowball him because then he won't even want to talk extension with you. True. Um, I think twenty is all right, but I would be hurting if I had to really <laughs> higher than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think everybody's always got a like a bad taste in their mouth with him because you know you could have gotten Harden for him, but you held on. <laughs> it's just like, which I don't know. Hey, I'm not trading for Harden right now is looking all right. It's like it depends because like. There's a chance with Philly's new acquisitions and stuff because they've had a really good offseason. And, like, you saw how good a playmaker Harden still was last year, even though he might have lost a step with the scoring and stuff. Like, I still think that trade looks good for Philly. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it, they definitely – I think they'd have killed to have Harden right now in this past – in that season, yeah. in that series against Celtics last year. Yeah, I was super surprised when I heard Harden was taking a pay cut. I was like, "That's he's the last guy I thought would be taking a pay cut. I think it just goes to show more and more that, like, he truly cares about, like, winning, especially at this point. Oh, like, yeah, at this point for sure. Like, last year he could have easily called it quits in the playoffs. Like, he literally yeah. had a torn hamstring, and he came and played. And he, yeah. he played in that series against the Bucks. He doesn't really get to rehab on it because he – he came back and like they didn't have long because it was another shortened off season because of the COVID, because uh, it's repercussions of COVID from two years before, and then he comes this year and plays and could have opted into a forty-seven million dollar player option and he's like, 
no. Like, I'm going to give our team the flexibility to make better acquisitions, so I'm going to take a $15 million play cut. Now, I think he is also kind of betting on himself. Um, I th- they're still working out details, but I think it's going to be a one plus one. Um, and, you know, I think he's kind of got it in his head. I can still be that player. Like, give me a full offseason healthy. Like, and maybe after that we can see the Harden that we're used to or at least closer to it. And then he could opt out and sign a long-term deal that's even more money. So uh, he's betting on himself. And if things go south, he's got the option to just lock into another $32 million. Yeah. Um, great work by his agent here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Philly's in a good spot. You know, turning some of the guys that they did. I mean, they essentially turned Danny Green into De'Anthony Melton. That's awesome. Yep. Um, they flipped uh, – not or not flipped, but now you have um, Daniel House instead of, like, Shake Milton. Yep. And you plug P.J. Tucker in there, too. I, Elite. I think Philly's going to be really good next year. Oh, yeah. I, I would – I'd put them in my top three right now in the East. I was about to say, yeah, in the East I would for sure. Yeah, just in the East, not overall. Yeah. Um, I'd put, obviously, I think the top two is given. Um, I think I would put Philly at three at yeah. this point. No, Miami's got to do something. Like, you can't keep sitting there. Yeah. I just – I don't know. You're not getting that Jimmy Butler that you got a couple years ago, so – like he was interesting. He was great in the playoffs this past year, but like the team just needs more. Like, like their current, the current, and I know some people are going to be like, "Oh, well, they were a game away from me in the finals." Like, I just, if you're complacent, you're not going to get anywhere in the NBA. Like, you can't just look at it and go, "They were a shot away." Like, because if they do that, then they're going to just be left behind everybody else next season. Because yeah. The Celtics, Bucks, and 76ers have all improved. The Hawks have improved, too. And maybe if they make another move, maybe I'm sitting there debating if they're better than the Heat next year. Like, I wouldn't say it right now, but maybe there's another move for the Hawks. Yeah. And then maybe at that point, I'm like, okay, I like what they've done, you know? I still want KD on the Hawks so bad. <laughs> they just don't have the assets anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would it would have been fun. Um, I think for Miami, you know, obviously at first they were like, oh, well, we're on KD's list of two teams. Like, we want him. But then everybody found out about the BAM ordeal where he can't be traded there if Simmons is there. Now it's like they're pivoting towards banking on Donovan Mitchell. Well, as of right now, Donovan Mitchell isn't going anywhere. So, yeah, like, I just – Run it back. <laughs> yeah. Pretty like, much all it is. Like, I just don't know. Like, they're going to miss out on improving as a team because they were – what scene? I obviously we don't know what's going on internally, but they're going to miss out on improving as a team because they were so focused on getting one of those two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, and I mean, like, obviously, speaking of Katie and Kyrie, we have to talk about those two. Um, the biggest thing right now, I think, is we're waiting on the DeAndre Aiden domino. You yeah. Agree? Yeah, because I mean. If it goes somewhere other than the Nets, and that's probably the number one contender for KD out, you know. So I mean, and then obviously, you know, Aiton, he's not a star, but I mean, he can definitely turn a team from being pretty good into a possible contender. So I mean, that's going to change a lot. Yeah, he actually. Now I, I'm on. I don't know if I've said it on the pod yet. 
I think DeAndre Hayton's going to be a pacer. Like, I do. Like, I, I'm at the point where I really do think so. Now, the problem is, he, he well, he met with the Pacers today. That's good. That's not the problem. Um, so he met with them in person today. I'm sure that went well. The problem is that after the Brogdon trade, they they could offer him $26 million. They're just short of being able to offer him a max. Now, the thing is, is that I think if he accepted an offer sheet there, Phoenix is just matching that. Like, their whole thing has been, we are not going to give you a max. But if it was $25, 26000000 yeah, they'll give him that. Like, you know, like yeah. that's $8 million less than what they would be giving him in a max. They would love to give him $26 million a year. Like, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's a great fit there. I mean, they got good chemistry. It's just the, you know, you're, you're kind of capping yourself out at a certain dollar. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if, if you see Indiana make a small move, then that probably should go ahead and tell you he's going there. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, there could also be a chance, though, where maybe he is only signed $26 million, but they work out what Phoenix thinks is a good return in a sign-and-trade. Because Phoenix would have the leverage there. Normally in, normally in sign-and-trades, the, the team that's losing and the player does not have leverage. Well, you do if you can just match it. And yeah. so – if if it is a twenty six million dollar price tag and they get what they think is a great return, yeah, I think they do it. So maybe maybe uh, Indiana doesn't have to make a move. Now I I think it's also you know his name's Evan Sitter. He's on Twitter, really younger guy reporter. He's actually done a really good job this offseason. He kind of came out of nowhere to me, but now I've been following him. You know he made the point. I think if DeAndre Ayton goes to the Pacers, that's probably the best free agent acquisition in the franchise's history. Possibly. I mean, I don't know. I'm not NBA history buff, but, like, I mean, it's, it's a good deal. I mean, he's, I mean, Ayton's still got so much potential, too. So, I mean, you're, you're getting them at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do think that there's a route for the Suns to get Kevin Durant, not saying it's going to happen, but I do, they are still my favorite to land Kevin Durant, but uh, that's not me saying Kevin Durant will be a Phoenix Sun, but I do think they have a good shot at landing him, whether it's they sign and trade Aiton to Brooklyn, or if they, uh, or if they worked out a sign trade with Indiana and got assets back. So my thing is, we know the offer if Aiton is there, but I also think it's pretty enticing on Brooklyn's end if, like, if Phoenix was willing to give up, like, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Sarich for filler, he's a solid player, though. And, like, the thing about it is Brooklyn is going to be looking for good players because they don't own their picks. So, you know, those three, along with what would end up being, like, nine or ten draft picks, first-round yeah. draft picks. Like, if Phoenix is willing to give that, and I'm talking about all their picks they own, plus if they were able to get – you know, like two or three picks out of Indiana. Um, if Phoenix is able to, if Phoenix was able to do that, I think they should do it. Now, whether they want to do it or not, I don't know. I also understand if they don't want to. Yes, yeah, so I'll backtrack. I understand if they don't want to because Chris Paul is old, Kevin Durant, yeah. Kevin Durant That's- is getting older. Jay Crowder is on the older end. He'd be one of your pieces left on the yeah. team. Like you're really just kind of left with Devin Booker at that point. Yeah. And yeah, that's I mean, my thing. I just you're you're relying. I mean, you're pretty much giving yourself. If, if they were to get rid of Aiden for assets and then trade for 
KD with that package you said. I mean, you're banking on about a two, three-year championship window. Yeah, you, have, then, you have to win yeah. a championship in two or three years. Yeah, and then, and then past that, you've literally got Booker and nothing else. You have no picks, no bridges, no eight, and, and you, know, and, and, you know, Booker becomes the next Bradley Bill just chilling out on a crap team doing nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think if there's one thing, obviously the NBA, you learn it every year, but I think especially in the past few years, no championship is guaranteed. Like, <laughs> no, matter no. How good, no matter how good your roster is. Yeah. Um, you're always susceptible to injury at any given moment. Like, just because you build a team that is the best on paper does not mean you're going to win the whole thing. Like, there's a, there's a risk no matter what. Yeah. So, now, in that situation, they would have a starting lineup of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jay Crowder, and Miles Turner. That would be absolutely disgusting. But, um, again, there's just a lot of risk. Yeah. But I think it'd be, it'd be a lot different. I, I mean, I just flat out think the Nets are asking for a bit too much. Like, I get that Katie's on a four-year contract, but I mean that fourth, that third and fourth year, he's what thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Yeah. Like, I mean, the older you get, obviously, bigger injury risk. Like, I would understand wanting. I think they said they wanted multiple All Stars and obviously a ridiculous amount of picks. Like, I could understand that if you were trading someone like Giannis because he's you know twenty-seven, twenty-eight. But for yeah, thirty-four-year-old KD, even though he's a top-five player, undisputed, I just feel like I don't know. They need to accept one All Star and maybe some good role players. Because, I mean, you still got Ben Simmons. And it'd be interesting to see a team I built around up, Ben Simmons. I'm coming up on Ben Simmons, Andrew. <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> I Until I see him on the court again, until I'm impressed again, I he doesn't exist. Uh, no, yeah, I, he I get that. I get that. <laughs> I just like – I mean, we we all said for years, like, you split up him and Embiid and give them each their own team and see what happens. And yeah, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, there's potential for sure. And worst-case scenario, you get – a bunch of good young pieces, and I mean, you can always trade Ben Simmons. Or, I mean, how long has Ben Simmons still on contract? Another three years? Sounds two, right. It's long. Two or three, something not like that. Yeah, it's not short. But yeah, uh, Ben Simmons is a myth to me. I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> um, I, I heard rumblings about how he like passed up a layup in Atlanta, but that's it. Um, okay, so moving along. Um, the Aiden thing is a big part. If he does end up, if, if Indiana does get max space and they just sign him outright and Phoenix isn't willing to match it or do sign and trade, they're completely out of Kevin Durant sweepstakes. But not only that, they are also completely out of doing anything next year. The Suns or the? The Suns, because they would yeah. put Andre Aiden for nothing at that point. Now that depends on if they'd be willing to match a max offer for Aiden or not. Yeah. I mean, I think you would probably need – if they were to contend, you'd probably need Booker to take another step, which, I mean, I don't know. He's been really consistent the past two, three, four years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see a, a huge step in coming like Tatum took. Tatum was slowly building up to taking that big leap, but Booker's I really – I want to you off real quick because I think you make a great point here. Like, I think that sign needs to be brought up. Like, as great as Devin Booker is, like, I think there's still desire for, a, for another leap. No, there is. I mean, he's, I mean, he's at a star level, but I wouldn't call him a superstar. I, I mean, I don't think you can win with him as your best player, you know. So, 
And, like, I mean, just flat out looking at around the league in the last decade or so, I mean, you pretty much have to have a superstar to win a championship. And I don't think I'd classify Booker as a superstar. And he's not really – I mean, he's not really made any improvements defensively. I mean, I and offense – a little better on that end. I mean, a little. But, like, he's not going to be some two-way guy that no. you're going you're gonna to put on the other team's best guard who's no. going to lock him down. Yeah, no. So – and I don't really see that in him either. I'm just – I don't know. I think I think you know, he's a competitor, but I just I don't know. I don't think he has it in him. But yeah, I think if if the Suns want to do anything, especially if they lose eight, and I mean you got to get somebody else because Bridges isn't going to make make a leap to a twenty something point per game score. And I think the Booker, thing people forget about him and Cam Johnson both is they're not like young. <laughs> like like yeah. is, I'm gonna go look real quick. I think he's like twenty six. Let's see. I was 25, but he might, might he's be 25. Right. Yeah, he's 25. And then – Booker's um, 26. So, so, Bridges turns 26 in August. Okay. And then Cam Johnson is – 24. He's 20. Cam Johnson is 26. Dang. Yeah, so they're both basically 26. Like, they're not young guys. Like <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, and in a year or two, they're really not young guys. <laughs> like what what you get out of those guys right now is pretty much what you're getting at this point. Like they're yeah, probably not a whole lot, like another leap out of those dudes. Now they're both really good players. I'd love to have them on my team, but yeah. in terms of if Phoenix keeps like the same exact core, like you pretty much Hon- yeah. honestly, even though you might be screwed in the future, just taking that two or three years with KD and trying to win a chip might be your best shot. Exactly. I mean, CP3 is done in probably three years, and that's being very generous. I'm all for it. Like, yeah. I'm all for, like, throw whatever you have at Kevin Durant because this team they have right now, don't get me wrong, they're good. But I think most people would agree, nobody's picking the Suns next year. Nobody's picking the no. Suns the year after. Like, <laughs> it, it really didn't help that the one year they made it to the finals, there was a slew of injuries. Then the, the next year, they really come up short. Every round. Dude, plus the the way they lost the game seven to Luka was – it's going to leave a really bad taste in everybody's mouth, dude. Well, like, you, I mean, like you, until, you can literally bring up that they have yet to play a team – like, their core – has yet to win a playoff series where they face a team like at full strength. Yeah. And wasn't was Luca even healthy the entire Sun series? He was. He was okay. Oh, the, I'm thinking of the Jazz. Series. Oh, the Jazz series. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, first healthy team you face, you lose. Like that's not a good look. And I mean, I mean, until they prove it, prove everybody differently, that's kind of it's pretty accurate to say it. They just let's, they haven't really proved anything. Let's let's backtrack here just for just in case people forgot. Lakers, 2021, Anthony Davis. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying – whenever I say these series, I'm not saying that the Suns just lose just because just because these guys are here. I'm just simply saying the fact. But Great. we were dog-walking them when AD was healthy. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying about Lakers specifically. I'm just saying – Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, know. Just, I just yeah. had to get that in there. <laughs> um, Anthony Davis, 2021 last year. Um, Jamal Murray last year. Against in 2021 against Denver, and um, MPJ right? No, he played in that one. He did play. Okay, he was out. He was out this past year. Um, and then Kawhi against the Clippers, and then they played the Bucks, and Giannis was coming off a hyperextended knee, and they won the first two games, and then Milwaukee won four in a row. Yeah, and then 
And then this year, obviously, no Zion. I'm not saying – again, I know Zion was out the entire year, but, I mean, it's just true. Like, no Zion. Yeah. And then the next series, the yeah. Mavs were healthy and they beat them in seven. Yeah. And they didn't even beat the Pelicans that convincingly either. To be fair, Booker was hurt. Yeah. Because I think – I do think they would have ran through them if yeah. Booker was there the whole time. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I still don't understand how Giannis came back from that knee. That thing looked crazy. I, think, I thought he was done. Dude, I, yeah, I thought he was done and possibly for the next year, too. I mean, that thing looked disgusting. And I think, I mean, I think was it? People forget that the closeout game in the Eastern Conference Finals, it ended in six. And in that game six, there was no Giannis or Trey Young. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people were like, Man. like I mean, coming off that knee, he had. What'd you say? I didn't hear you. You kind of cut out for me. Oh, um, what I was saying was like, like people were kind of, people were kind of already making jokes and stuff about like, oh, the Suns just get to play everybody without, without their best player or something like. So, yeah, yeah, it's they've got some improving to do. Team as is just not good enough. Yeah. Um. Now, they've been teasing us at the Summer League. Um, Rob Palenka and Sean Marks and Woj and even Masai Ujiri because Toronto's connected to Kevin Durant. I guess my question is like, and it's not just to you, it's just to kind of is what's the holdup on Kyrie Irving to the Lakers at this point? I mean, from the stuff I've read, it's it's that the the Lakers and Rob that want to give up that, I think, the second draft pick. Yeah. For him, or I don't know if because what I've heard is that Rob wants to do a trade for uh, Heald and Turner, which I think would be good. It would be good. It's just, um, I mean, I don't know. I I think obviously Heald fits perfectly. I just I have an issue with it a little bit because you know I I always try to look at things as like what's going to be your closing lineup with with this team, and I think as good as Miles Turner is, I'd probably still go eighty at the five in my closing lineup. I don't know what would you do if you had Turner and AD. I think that combo could be nasty on defense. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're not scoring in the paint on him. Yeah, I, I don't. Although I get what you're saying because AD at the five is such a big trump card. But yeah, I also think that those two would be so would be really good together. And AD prefers to play the four. Yeah, I do. I do think that that could be a nasty four-five combo. Yeah. yeah. One thing I wonder is if. I wonder because the the picks is everything I've heard is it's just about the picks. I wonder if the if the Heald and Turner trade would just be Russ, and then the Kyrie one would be Russ and two picks, or if you'd have to do one pick in the uh, Pacers trade. So if, if, it, if it's a one pick difference, I then I don't know. The Pacers trade would have to be two. You think it have to be two because you're because the Russ is just a contract thing, whereas like yeah. one first essentially would be for Heald, and then another first would essentially be for Miles Turner. Yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting, and I feel like this is the only reason it's happening. Last year, Rob wanted healed, and he listened to LeBron and got Russ, and it was a train wreck. And this year, he's like, you know what, LeBron, I listened to you last year, and it didn't work out. This year, we're going to do what I want to do. And so I feel like Rob's like putting his foot down saying, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to listen to LeBron, but, I mean, what him and AD wanted was the worst possible 
scenario. And so now Rob and Rob got a lot of slack for it too, saying like, you know, you're the GM, you got to make your own decision. So I think he's doing that this year. I did not think about that. That's a great point. Um, Cause I do think if he was listening to LeBron, I think the Kyrie deal is probably already done. <laughs> yeah. LeBron gets what he wants. <laughs> um, so. But I also, I guess I see why Brooklyn isn't pulling the trigger on that yet because they would be, uh, I think they're hard cap. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta trade KD first, because I mean Kyrie only wants to leave because KD's leaving, but yeah. Yeah. KD's still there. So I just think that the dangerous game that they're playing here is if the Lakers don't have that Pacers thing there, Kyrie's their only option, like in terms of improving. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer this goes, the better chance there is for a team to just go try to throw something out there for Kyrie. Yeah. Because cause the longer this goes, the value is going to be nothing. Yeah, for sure. And, like, obviously, I, I think another thing with Rob is he's like, I mean, we could trade these two picks for Kyrie and he just walks for nothing next summer. And that's another thing you're worried about. Fair. I think Kyrie would, would resign. I think, he, I think he wants to play with LeBron again. I just feel like I'm not assuming. And I love Kyrie Irving. I just feel like I'm not assuming anything about that guy at this point. No, yeah, he's too weird. So, like, I, I kind of get it from that point of view. I, it is kind of like – I don't want to call it, like, dangerous because that would be the best big three in the league. But, like, I think it's still fair to say that, like, the supporting assets – like, if all three of those guys are not at 100%, which I guess you can't – you don't need to look at it that way. But, like, in the event that they're not – and I wouldn't say that that's, like, not because of LeBron necessarily, even though he's had some injuries in the past few years. But, like, Kyrie and AD, I don't think that's two guys that you're just, like, looking to love to rely on to be 100%. And, like, with the depth right now, I, if those guys aren't all 100%, you're not winning. So, like, yeah, I, yeah. yes, I kind of get why he's reluctant to trade two firsts. Yeah, but also, I get it. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, like, I understand what they're doing, but at some point you can't keep playing the hardball. Like, you got to take a first-round pick. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can't just keep sitting there and being like, uh, we want this, we want this. Because then what happens? You get nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, it could just be because the Nets have been the absolute clowns of, you know, two of the biggest trades ever, and they're trying not to be a clown the third time. Yeah. So, I mean, you traded everything for Harden, and now he's gone. And obviously the KG and Paul Pierce trade way back when. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like they're they're trying to make sure that they don't get, you know, they don't get that they never make sure they get the maximum value. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then do you think anybody is going to budge on the type offer that they want for Kevin Durant? I'm, I'm a firm no on that because I think obviously KD wants to go to a contender that's already a contender or to a team that he would then make a contender. But like those teams that are like that, like they're already contenders and they'd have to give up their entire core to get KD. Yeah. It's like, it's it, you, like, you're trying to strike a good balance. Like I think, and listen, I know he's hit or miss, but Nick Wright made a decent idea about trading Brandon Ingram for him. Oh, I love it. But I, I think it like, it's great. But if I guess my thing is like, if I'm the Pelicans, like, I don't know if I'm interested. Like I, like as great as KD is, you're, the core is just so young. And you have a legit – Brandon Ingram will probably never be even close to Kevin Durant. 
but he can be a 25-26 no. and score for a decade for your team. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's it's obviously just relative to other trades that you're getting offered. Uh, if, if that's if you're not getting anything better, like if, if the Suns don't come with that that trade and no one, you know the Raptors don't put anything together, like would the Raptors have to give up uh, Siakam to get them? I or don't, they have to do I don't like any deals Siakam's there. Brooklyn wants Scotty Barnes, but Masai's pretty much said, I ain't giving you Scotty Barnes. So yeah. so then it kind of pivots towards like, could they convince them with a draft hall and OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. to make the trade? Like and I guess when you're looking at it, Masai's played this game before. Now it was a lot different when Kawhi Leonard was only on a one year deal. But still, Masai's played this game before. And if teams don't come offering and he's sitting there with a really good offer, they just might budge. Yeah. And if it's... this team, if that Raptors team ends up with Fred Van Vliet still there, Scotty Barnes is still there, Pascal's still there, and Kevin Durant's there, they might be the title favorites. Yeah. Not without a doubt. So it's... I think it's I think it also comes down to like the whole like why did KD request a trade? Like it kind of came out of nowhere. If if Kyrie went elsewhere, then I could understand. But yeah, it did come out of nowhere. I I was thrown off because Kyrie picked up the player option. Yeah, like yeah, like I said, if, if Kyrie well, left, not, then I'd understand. Not because, not because Kyrie picked up the player option, because that made the most sense for him to get traded, but um, because he tweeted out and was like, "I'm here to finish out my contract or whatever." Like, yeah, <laughs> but I guess for KD, it's like, you know, the reports are real. Woj just talked about it. It bothered Kevin Durant whenever the Warriors won this year. Like it did, it bothered him because he wants he 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 feels like he wants to win a championship without being on that team. Which is like I I'm totally fine with him feeling that way. Like because he's a good enough player to do that without a team like that. Yeah. And so like, I think he just asked out because. There's just no – like, if you're looking at that Nets team right now and your next two best players are Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, how much can you really rely on those two? Yeah. At there's this, a high ceiling, but there's a very low floor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you risk – like, you don't have a high floor because of those two. Like, and I love yeah. – again, I have to reiterate. Like, I love Kyrie Irving, but we just have to have, like, a real conversation at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, he could walk away from basketball, and I don't think it would bother him that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, like, Ben Simmons, like, like Kyrie's a different conversation because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are being best friends, and Kyrie has averaged 27 on a championship team, and Kyrie has had great seasons. He was even good this season whenever he actually got to play. It's dumb that he didn't get to play, but that's not a conversation for right now. But – um. But he was even giving every place like, why should Kevin Durant look at Ben Simmons and be like, yeah, that's like, like we're going to work. Like, why should he look at Ben Simmons and think anything of that? Yeah. I mean, he's not proven anything as of late. So, but I mean, it's just on paper, it just seems like such a great fit, you know, but again, it's assuming everybody's playing their best. It's great on paper. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous on paper to be honest. The only, the biggest, you know, knock on him the past couple of years has been defense. Well, yep, maybe the best defender in the league with you. And it's still got elite shooting. It's hilarious, dude, because, like, 
you look at that team, if they did just run it back, and on paper it probably is the best team in the league. <laughs> it No, it legit is. <laughs> like, that's it's not – it might not be the ironic part about it. Like, it's not like this team, like, couldn't be good. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just and especially go. for, like, the East, too. Like, I mean, think about the teams you got to go through. You got to go through the yeah. Sixers. Well, I mean, you got Ben Simmons, who not – he's not in beat size, but, I mean, he knows him beat, like, the back of his hand. Got to go through the Bucks. I mean, Ben Simmons probably the best defender Giannis could go against. Uh-huh. I mean, Ben Simmons is locking down Bam. Like, I mean, you got – and then you've got two – you know, offensive superstars that are going to take up all the scoring that you could need. And then Seth Curry and Joe Harris for shooting around Simmons. Like it's, it's legit. A, and then you got, like we said, Cam Thomas. Like, like let's go. Let's like go it's, it's a perfect team nearly. Like, let's go depth chart here stuff. Like, like if they did in fact run it back, you're talking about Kyrie Irving, um, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, um, Ben Simmons. Let's let's see here. Um, Seth Curry. Yeah, I gotta go look at my notes. I know he. Yeah, he's on there. They just picked up T.J. Warren. Oh my um, gosh, I forgot about T.J. Warren. Yeah, they resigned. I'm not like huge on him, but they resigned Claxton. Yeah, um, they resigned Patty Mills. Cam Thomas is there. They brought Kessler Edwards back. They got another forward. I'm tripping. Who was it? They didn't bring back Blake Griffin, did they? No, 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 no. Oh my gosh! Why am I forgetting? Maybe, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But that roster right there is awesome. Like it's on ridiculous. On it's a huge question mark for like three of the main four players. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, like we said, I mean, imagine the ceiling. T.J. Warren's anywhere back, anywhere near what he was. Like exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh, Royce O'Neal. That's what I forgot. They oh, got- oh my gosh! Even more defense. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like. Dude, Katie needs to just stick it out until before the until the trade deadline. I wish. Because if – oh, man. I would love for him to just stick it out, but I kind of understand why he doesn't want to. Back to the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, if he went back to the Warriors, he could never, like, speak on anything ever again. <laughs> just going right back to a champion. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's very obvious. He's he hates that he doesn't get a ton of credit for those two chips, and he oh, just yeah. wants to prove it by himself. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see where he lands. I'm, I'm interested. The eight and Domino really, really and truly is a big it's a big deal. He changes everything. Yeah. By the way, do the Nets maybe like for salary reasons, if they were to do the Russ for Kyrie trade, do they have to include Harris or Curry in that? They do not. But okay. they, but they become a, they would not, they're not going to throw Harris or, or Curry in there, but they would not prefer to do just straight up Russ for Kyrie unless they trade Kevin Durant for like a young player. Right. Because, because they, they do not want to be paying what they are in the luxury tax right now if they're not contending. Exactly. And they would be even more off a rust trade because it's like almost a $10 million difference, but it works with the, it works with the rules of the CBA. Yeah. I wonder if they would just buy them out and say, we're not even going to be asked to deal with them. Even if you do buy them out, it's still on your books. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I wonder if they would just be like, you know, if they were to trade KD, then like trade Kyrie, they'd just be like, 
yeah, we just we're not interested in Russ. We're just oh, gonna- they would they would want well. I guess it just depends. Like maybe they would try to showcase him a little bit. Not that they would trade him, but I'm just saying for his sake. Yeah. Because he'd be going into an offseason where he is in a contract year. Right. And Russ and Ben Simmons together would be a exactly. – Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, total brick house. But, Dude, ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. But, Andrew, thanks for coming on, brother. I really do appreciate you. Yeah, man, it was fun. Yeah. But with that being said, this is the end of episode 18 of Coast to Coast Podcast. We'll see you guys later this week. Artlist.io. Artlist.io.